This is the Puppy Training Podcast, episode number 80, The Power of Play. This podcast is designed to help you on your journey of becoming best friends through love and learning as you train your own dog from home. And I'm here to help you every step of the way. This is the Puppy Training Podcast, and I'm your host, Amy Jensen. Hello. Thanks, you guys, for listening today. I hope you are having a great week. Today, I want to discuss the power of play and how we can use it as a motivator for our dogs. So Baxter is currently in his adolescent phase of life. Are there any others out there who can relate with me? Yeah, I know. Adolescence, right? So fun. It can be fun, I know, but it can also be trying. And over the past week, I have been thinking a lot about how I can help him succeed. How can I set him up for success? What kinds of little things can I do to make this phase of life better? So what things am I doing to help motivate him to make good choices? Play came to mind and the power behind making me more rewarding than the environment or a toy more fun than a leaf. So depending on where you live, leaves are blowing and falling all around, which really do create tough distractions to compete with. While I enjoy the beauty for sure, I've had to be more creative in how I get Baxter's attention. Let's back up a bit and review how dogs think first. Dogs do something if it is worth it to them. If it brings them no benefit, they most likely won't do it or they'll stop doing it. It's very powerful to use this knowledge when we're training a dog and if we want to, say, get rid of a behavior. Now, we can teach a dog good behavior by rewarding things that the dog does that we like. So make those things worth it to our dog and they'll most likely do it again. Oftentimes we use food to pay our dogs for doing good things. Why? Because dogs need to eat and it acts as a powerful motivator to do desirable behaviors. Once our dogs learn they get paid to be calm, to chill on their mat, go into their kennel, come when called, etc., it's more likely they are willing to do these things and we see an increase in their choosing to listen to given cues. We work to establish a healthy relationship where our dog understands rules, boundaries, and what will or will not work for them. And they're very good at this. They're very good at picking up what does and does not work for them. Now, food definitely works, but I've also found play to be very powerful in capturing a dog's attention. And we have to have attention before we can train or ask our dog to do something. Dogs are social creatures and they love interacting with us. Dogs also love movement, like chasing things, stalking prey, capturing things. Toys are a wonderful way to help your dog experience these natural instincts while playing with you. Both things they love and toys are fun. They can be quick, squeaky, unpredictable, something we often use to keep a dog's attention, that word unpredictability, and toys are fun to chase. So when you are more fun than the environment, whether that's just you alone or you with a toy, your dog pays attention to you. When you're playful with your dog, you will notice many behaviors improve, including the recall. So let's talk about that for just a minute. For example, if Baxter's out exploring around my backyard, I can squeak a toy, then run and hide. The quick running steps and the fun, playful squeak entice him to get involved, then I disappeared. What? Where'd she go? Suddenly he gets to hunt me out with his nose. Super fun for many dogs. You can also tag on a recall cue like Baxter come as you hide. And then when he finds you, Yes, good dog, good boy, that sort of thing. And then the reward can be that he either just simply found you or you can add in things like rubbing his ears or giving him a back scratch or a belly rub if that's what he likes. You can toss the squeaky toy for him to chase. You can play a gentle game of tug using the toy with him 
They love those long furry squeaky toys. Or you can also pay with food. There are so many options and ways to reward, but they are all, again, rewarding to the dog, and it started with your willingness to play. So games like hide-and-seek may be a... Games such as hide-and-seek may be adapted to work for a variety of fitness levels, too. Don't worry if you're not the fastest or most agile person. If running quickly is not your thing, use the toy to do the quick, exciting movements. Calmly go hide while your puppy is busy sniffing. Then use a toy attached to a long rope to create movement as you squeak another toy, trying to capture your dog's attention. Tying a toy to the end of a rope and dragging it through the grass can be super motivating for dogs. The quick, unpredictable, there's that word again, movements encourage the dog to chase. Then when your dog notices and comes running, you just simply reel in the rope with the toy attached and your reward as previously mentioned. Using play to recall your dog often takes the place of even needing to say anything. Start play with a favorite toy and watch your dog come running. Baxter loves to try and catch toys and once I noticed this, I started using catch as a fun reward for coming. This also works with fetch to trade out the toy he has in his mouth. If you just start playing catch and he drops the toy on his own, there's no need for a cue. I find play oftentimes takes the place of speaking. My dog and I can enjoy good times together without the sometimes stressful vocabulary being introduced. When it comes to play, be creative. Find out what your dog naturally loves. Baxter, for example, would not fetch a ball a month ago. I would toss it and nothing. Toss it and nothing. I tried shorter distances. I tried longer distances. I tried making that ball look more fun. I tried a squeaky ball. I tried lots of different things. He really was not interested. I pulled out a Frisbee. I said, let's try this. With this toy, he did do somewhat better. He would at least chase after it. But when he tried to pick it up out of the grass, it must have been too much work because he quickly gave up. Like, eh, that's not that fun. So then I tried a bumper. This is a toy made of rubber, plastic, or oftentimes foam with a short rope attached to it, and it makes it easy to toss long distances. It's lightweight, and it's simple for your dog to carry in their mouth. I pulled this toy out, wiggled it around, made it super exciting for Baxter, swung it, and then tossed it as far as I could across the lawn. Baxter immediately took off after it and scooped it up in his mouth. Now, to help him win the fetch game, I quickly started jogging away from him in the opposite direction, hoping he'd continue the chase after me, which he did. He caught up to me with the bumper in his mouth, and we had a success. I continued to build that success around the toy that he naturally liked, and since then, we've progressed to him fetching other things. He'll now go after a ball, especially indoors. I don't know why exactly, but he really prefers the indoor play with the ball, and then plush toys too. I try to notice what he naturally likes, and I use that as motivation for good behaviors. So what kind of toy works best? As mentioned, this depends on your dog. You may need to experiment like I did with Baxter and the ball, frisbee, or bumper. Generally speaking, I find puppies adore long, furry, squeaky toys, which allow you to hold one end and they can bite the other. As they mature around the ages of four to seven months, fetch does become more interesting at that point. So adding in the ball or the frisbee or a bumper into the mix is great. With any play, we don't want to overdo it. Be sure to allow your dog to take breaks when they need it and limit jumping or quick, sharp movements back and forth until joints are fully developed, usually between 18 months to two years of age. You'll want to check with your veterinarian on that one just to be sure. All right, you guys, I encourage you to give play a try this week and see how powerful it can be in motivating your dog to do good things. 
Try to discover what play your dog loves most and add this technique into your training toolkit. See if you cannot say a word and still get your dog to do things like a recall this week. We are a community, so if you have a favorite toy your dog loves, I'd love to know about it, and I'm sure others would as well, so feel free to share it with the rest of us. We are all in this together, and sharing your successes can help others. Thanks for listening. Now go have some fun with your dog. Enjoy that play, and I'll talk to you next week. If you have a question about anything you heard on this podcast or any other puppy training question, visit my site, baxterandbella.com, to contact me. 